Good morning. Happy Friday. What a day. It's a beautiful day out there in Dublin. And actually, if you've been following my journey this week, I was offered the keys this morning. I could have taken my partner's car, but I looked out the window and I saw the sun shining and I cycled again. I did arrive a bit of a sweaty mess, but that's okay. That's okay. You can't see me or smell me. So I don't really mind. Um, But because I've been talking about it so much and so many people listen to this show, (laughs) I was driving at like six. 30 this morning or cycling sorry dear old habits die hard and I was waving at everybody like the Lord Mayor of Dublin literally van men were beeping and waving I think they were saying hello (laughs) maybe they were giving out to me but it was a beautiful cycle and uh, yeah I'm now a cyclist that's the person I am now we were chatting upstairs in the office about what it's like being Irish and living abroad as an Irish person and it is quite specific, like the mad stuff people say to you when they hear your accent and discover that you're Irish. I worked with this lovely English girl in London uh, who, upon hearing my accent, started calling me Tato. Imagine. Tato. So I was actually so green and I, Sonia Lennon, my business partner, always says to me, you don't join the dots. That's the problem with you, Brendan. You just don't join the dots. So I let her call me Tato. She actually said it wrong. <laughs> Tato. Hey, Tato. So one day, after about a week of it, I said, what? Why are you calling me Tato? And she was like, you know, Tato, short for potato. I was like, oh, is it? <laughs> I was really surprised not joining the dots. And I, it's an, it's an acid personality test. Ask four people today in your life, do they know what Tato? Oh, they have to be Irish. Sorry, they have to be indigenous, indigenous people in that they have to have grown up eating those crisps. So they, they could come from any part of the world, but they have to know that they're a crisp first and not short for potato. And some people will go, oh, really, it's short for potato. I mean, I'm going off on a tangent here, but what's banoffee stand for? Banoffee pie? Do you know? I know you're screaming at the radio now. It's banana and toffee. Took me about 10 years to get that one. Anyway, this Irish uh, girl, cabin crew, Paula Gann. Now, she's cabin crew, so she interacts with hundreds of people all over the globe daily. And she's written a brilliant little list of the five questions people will ask when they hear her Irish accent. I love this. We'll all relate to this if you've travelled, if you live abroad as an Irish person, okay? So, the first question is... Do you know, insert Irish person's name. <laughs> do you know Michael from Dublin? Oh yeah, I do, yeah. Do you know Charlie from Cork? Oh yeah, I do. Now she's, while it does sound ridiculous when people say it to us and it kind of probably irritates us a little bit, there's a, her, she's saying the odds are pretty good. You might know Michael from Cork, right? Because it's a small country. It's, she's like saying it's about 50-50. If you can get the full name and a bit more on the location, you probably can narrow down to actually, oh, I do know Michael from Dublin, actually. Well, you might know ah, Michael from Dublin. Second question. Some, now listen, backing me up on my story, some mention of potato will be made. That's her second most asked question. For a while, she said when she moved abroad, she avoid, avoided using the word potato as it instigated a slagging fest. It doesn't happen so much in, in the politically correct time, she said, but when she first moved to the UK, there was a spate of people who would hear her accent and sing the word potato back to her in a fake Irish lilt. A little bit of casual discrimination, as I said. The third question, we all get asked this. What part of Ireland are you from? I actually re- recently met an American on a train and he really, his grandparents were Irish and he was going back to find his roots and he was really gregarious and upbeat. And it, was, it was actually his birthday. So he'd had a couple of drinks and he was funny, but he kept saying, Slaunja! Like for Slán. I, I, I didn't have the heart to correct him. Bless him, he was trying. What part of Ireland are you from? She says, 
if you'd say, if you say, you know, killing a scully, they've never heard of it. She said they look really disappointed. So she just says Cork or Dublin or Limerick or Galway or one of the cities they'll have heard for, heard of. It's the fourth most asked question for Irish people travelling. Uh, you must come from a huge family. And she doesn't. She says they're very disappointed to, to, to see that she just has two siblings. I always jump in with that saying, my dad's one of 14 and people literally, their jaw hits the ground. I love telling, I love boasting about that. And then she said the last but most said thing to her is, oh my goodness, I love your accent. Which is lovely. She said, even though, even when she encounters the Irish accent abroad, she's impressed by how charming and disarming it is. So her little quote is, potato jokes aside, being Irish abroad has more upsides than down. It's very sweet, isn't it? What's the funniest thing people have ever said to you when you've been abroad and they hear your accent? Text 51551. I'd love to hear. Uh, And more good news about being Irish. Ireland is holding its position on the global good country index. Now, I think we've talked about this before. I'm fascinated by this index and it's scientific. It's, it's, it's run by a PhD professor in the UK. So he has no alignment to putting us anywhere higher on the list. Uh, and it's all based on the uh, contribution each country makes to the goodness of humanity. Isn't that really lovely? So it's everything from eco, uh, climate change, retirement age, all these, these factors are taken in. And Ireland has held its position as number eight. Isn't that fascinating? We're number eight on the Good Country Index. It's a Good Friday. Well, it's not Good Friday. Sorry, it's a Good Friday. <laughs> now, how was your evening yesterday? We, I went to see, <clears throat> I went to see Mam in the hospital. Put her rollers in. Asked, do I take appointments again? Uh, she's in great form. She's very funny, actually. And but the dog was outside. Uh, on the lead, obviously, because uh, we wheel her mum out and the dog says hello. And then anyway, when I came out, the dog was panting like crazy. So I had to get some water because it was when we got into the car, it was like 25 degrees last night. It was really, really hot. But good news, because if you've got a hot dog at home, this might be just the treat they need. As retailers Aldi have launched a brand new pooch cooling snack. They've launched a limited edition doggy ice cream. Now, don't roll your eyes if you're not a dog lover. I'm sure it's quite irritating. But listen to this stat. On TikTok, there's been over 36.3 million views for the hashtag dog ice cream. So these clever retailers are reacting to that trend on TikTok and they have brought out the rough reshing. <laughs> God, am I, that, am I a dad joke teller now? Oh God, pull that back. I'm too young for that. The rough freshing ice cream for dogs. Uh, and it's uh, it's, sell- it's selling out wildly. It's, it's available in Aldi, 160 stores, and I'm going to pop along and get my little Nancy Drew. Some. She's a very delicate stomach, though. As my mother said, Nancy has her stomach. <laughs> she did actually say that. Other brands are doing doggy ice cream as well, just to say. Uh, not just that one. That's the story that we came across. And it got me thinking, on my uh, Instagram, I posted a picture. Nancy Drew has a yellow rain mac when it rains, and uh, we yeah, we, she doesn't like it, so... We, we put it on for photographs and then take it off because she just doesn't... You put it on her and she won't move. And Nancy Drew is my Jack Russell, by the way, in case she's just joined us. Uh, and she was offered a modelling contract. My uh, beautiful little girl, Nancy Drew, was offered a modelling contract and I arrived home all excited to Adam. And I said, oh, they've offered her, this big retailer who shall remain nameless for now, has offered our little girl a modelling contract. And Adam said, absolutely not. No, she's not that kind of girl. <laughs> He wasn't in her modelling, so she never she never got to live her dream. Dreams perished with Adam's strictness. Um, great news as well, Cannonball Rally Ireland 
have announced uh, their route across Ireland. If it's new to you, this is a new concept. Basically, the Cannonball Rally is a fleet of supercars on a road trip across Ireland in the hopes of raising much-needed funds for charity. So it starts on Friday the 15th of September in Malahide Castle, Dublin, goes through Cavan, Mayo, Galway, Limerick, Cork. And you can get to see these amazing supercars uh, racing across the Irish countryside all to raise Fund starts, as I said, in Malahide and ends up in Kilkenny city centre. Uh, I actually did the Gumball Rally in 2004 across America. I drove with a load of crazy rich people in their fancy cars from San Francisco to Miami. I filmed it for a TV show. And uh, I also did the uh, Bull Run Rally from New York to Montreal. Again, working, filming a TV series. But what I've just remembered was when I did the rally, I didn't actually drive... I did a rally and didn't drive. So I had to bring my friend Julie to drive me. <laughs> I was like, do you mind if I bring my friend Julie? She's going to drive me. They're like, no, no, that's okay. Weird. So I, uh, I don't couple those rallies. But again, cannonballrally.ie, will, you'll get the uh, routes. And it's a great little day out to see these amazing cars if you're into, if you're into cars. It's, it's really good fun. Um, <clears throat> privately, and I'm going to share this with Ireland, I have a wedding today. Yay, and it's really sunny. I'm so happy for them. Um... I'm really looking forward to it. It's at half two in Dublin city centre and uh, really good friends of ours are getting hitched. We're all very excited. And I love a wedding when you're not a member of the family. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. You're not a, wedding, a member of the wedding group. You're just there on your day off in the afternoon in your nice suit. Now, speaking of suits, there's been a lot of consternation between my group of friends and a large part of my group of friends are gay men not that that's relevant but it seems to be a bit of a problem because it's summer weddings there's a lot of people talking about wearing cream suits <laughs> off-white suits you know like the man from Del Monte kind of vibe I'm thinking but I mentioned it to my sister and she was like you can't wear a cream suit to a wedding I was like can I not and then she reminded me of the, my eldest sister's wedding my mother changed three times it was like Barbara Streisand she was and, and the last dress my mother wore at my eldest sister's wedding in 1989 she came down the stairs in a white fringing dress like a, a, a flapper dress you know with the fringe she looked amazing I thought but it, it, people weren't thrilled with mam wearing white to her daughter's wedding anyway do you think it's okay for me to wear a cream suit to a wedding I'll wear it with the, like a dark tie but then Adam and I will turn up at this wedding will we look like two grooms will it look Weird. Anyway, I think rules are for school. I think you can, you know, there's no, there's no, on the invite, there is no casual or formal or black tie. There's no direction of how to wear, of what to wear. And it's a daytime summer wedding. So I really want to wear cream and white, or cream and a white shirt. Tell me what you think. 51551. Anyway, I got the wedding forecast in for the wedding party. So I'm going to do the Met Air and wedding forecast because it's good news, guys. It's good news. Sunny spells with only a, a small incidence of scattered showers today. Southwesterly winds will be strong on the Atlantic coast, but it's moderate to fresh and gusty elsewhere. Highest temperatures of 22 degrees. It's going to be a glorious, glorious day. And I just want to say huge congratulations to Shane and Kieran. It's going to be a great day. So while you're getting in the mood and doing your makeup and pressing your suit, let's take a little bit of Aretha.
Do you remember Julia Roberts and Rupert Everett singing that to each other in a really cheesy rendition in My Best Friend's Wedding? Remember that film? 97 that was, 97. But that for me has become a bit of a a wedding prep song because every part of the day is an important part of the day because they're all capturing memories. Remember that. Now, I've got... (laughs) It's Brendan. Brendan, a text says, Love it. Yes, wear cream. Rules are outdated. It's summertime. That's one side. And then another person said, Oh, no, 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 Brendan. Wedding guest etiquette. No white or cream. It's rude to the bride. You've got away. You, you, you'd get away with beige or taupe, maybe. Now, I did mention it's two grooms, so I don't want to out-groom the grooms. That's just not good, is it? Now, on the Tato question, did you know Tato was short for potato? Bernie just texts, say, she just turned 65 and has never made the connection. Thank you for backing me up there because I know it sound, sounds a bit crazy. Uh, in Cork, we often call potatoes poppies, but never Tato. Thanks, Nora. Then uh, questions we get asked when we're living abroad as Irish people with our accents. In London, I was asked what part of America I was from. Too much telly, really. You're probably right, Ruth. Um, Hi, Brendan. In the 80s, I worked in California and I was often asked, is Noreen O'Sullivan really your name? (laughs) I love this one. I was on a kibbutz in Jerusalem and an American asked if it was true that all, I've never heard this, that all Irish people paint their front doors different (laughs) colours. so that they can find their house when they come home after a night out. Shocking, but this texter says, but true, is that true? Oh, just to mention as well, we had uh, the wonderful Noel O'Regan author. It was first book out. He was on the show on Wednesday. And uh, Fanola from Bannistrand says, Morning, Brenda, from Bannistrand. She's loving the book, uh, Though the Bodies Fall. She can't put it down. Yeah, it's, it's a really good read, isn't it? One more text about Irish abroad. I, Brendan, when on holidays in LA, a lady having asked me where I was from, I said Ireland and she remarked how good my <laughs> English was. Well, fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, let's take a little break. What a great interview. <laughs> He's so wise, isn't he? And, uh, you know, it's very inappropriate to ask people their age these days, but I was dying to tell you he's only 32, so thank God uh, Emmett said it there. Uh, as, he, as he said, he's down off down to the fla um, and he's going to have a great night. And um, I am pretty jealous, but there's not even a couch to be had down in Mullingar, apparently. My friend Alex Shaw, the Shaw's uh, hardware down there, Shaw family, good mates of mine. I said I'd sleep on the... Uh, on the, uh, the shop floor they were like no not having it but it, apparently it's going to be absolutely amazing and lots of people returning home to Mullingar so welcome to all the people who've come home including Emmett Cahill who we just spoke to there uh, home to Mullingar uh, lots of texts in hi Brendan my name is Ronan but when I go to Starbucks in the US I change my name to Marty because when I order coffee they never get my name right do you know what my, when I go to Starbucks I just say I'm Ben it's just easier or Mark sometimes it depends on my mood am I a Ben or a Mark today because when you say Brendan, they just, I always get, always, whoever's delivering the coffee at the end of the counter goes, Brenda! <laughs> it's Brendan. Never mind. So I just call myself Ben. So on what to wear for the wedding, cream and a t-shirt, Miami Vice. Very good. Sonny, you'll rock it. Crockett. <laughs> Pale, bright, slip-on shoes, essential for any best dress considerations. Mike D, that is I've, I'm just a t-shirt. Keep things really, really simple. Um, texts are flying in about Emmett Cahill, who we just had on there. He's the tenor who's going to be playing at the Flab, but also on the 6th of September at the National Concert Hall. He, he was just a beautiful, warm chat there. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yet another text for about Emmett. What a wonderful talent and genuinely down-to-earth young man. Every success to him in the future. Yeah loads of text Brendan your guest Emma has an amazing voice lovely warm person best of luck 
Cork listener Brendan I hope you have a great day at the wedding personally I'm off to my only daughter's hen so looking forward to celebrating um, in Satanta with her and her, all her friends oh enjoy that hen um, uh, it's going to be amazing behave yourself behave yourself no don't behave yourself go mad I think we're going to take a little song <laughs> So people talking about how we're perceived abroad when we they hear our accents. Morning, Brendan and team. On halls in Portugal recently and a complete stranger greeted us by saying, hello, Irish. <laughs> Imagine. I asked him how he knew we were from Ireland, hoping it wasn't, hoping it was, was our fabulous dress sense. But he said, no, it's because only Irish have four kids. <laughs> That's terrible. Sharon, the eldest is 10. You're busy. Hi, Brendan. The first time I visited New York in 1989, I was in a shopping mall, a food hall, and ordered a slice of pizza from a very busy outlet. The girl serving shouted to the great amusement of the 20 people waiting, Oh my God, you're Irish. I love your accent. Will you order that again, please? That's absolutely fabulous, Neil. Listen, I've had a load of fun this week and I'm going to have even more fun next week. I'm back at nine o'clock, RTE Radio 1. Philip Boucher is up after the news. I'm off to a wedding. See you later.